in November 2019, that date transformed my life drastically. I said enough, and I said it from my deep heart. Enough living a life based on others' opinions. Their decisions and their opinions will never change my destiny. Our destiny is determined by our mind and our attitude. I realized that every one of us has unlimited potential inside. And this unlimited potential becomes available only when we demand it. We are the only ones who determine the quality of our life. Nobody else. That's why I founded Unleash. I interview global CEOs, entrepreneurs, and coaches all over the world to inspire and touch people by their stories and their experience. Because one story changed my life totally. And I believe also one story from our podcast can change yours as well. My mission is unleashing the human greatness to its utmost potential. Stay tuned every Friday with Unleash with Ahmed Khaled's podcast. A new inspiring story that will change the quality of your life. Hey, 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 good morning, good afternoon, and good evening for all the wonderful people who are watching right now and listening to us right now. Welcome to episode number 18 for Unleash with Ahmed Khaled. I want to say hello for all the beautiful people who are listening and watching for us right now on the streaming on LinkedIn. So may I ask you, as usual, to drop uh, one comment, where are you from, just to say hello for you and your amazing country. I'll give you like... Uh, Two minutes, a time, just to tune in. Until you write down your uh, country and your comment, and if it's it's the case that it's the first time for you to tune in for Unleash, so let me tell you uh, what is Unleash a mission. Unleash mission is uplifting the human greatness to its utmost potential. And this is uh, by sharing inspirational stories, experience, and knowledge from other people that we are hosting them in our show. Because one word can literally change your life to the better. One story can open up and unlock your potential to the way of your greatness. And today we will unleash together one of, I would say, touching the heart and the soul topic with one of the authentic leaders in on LinkedIn. But before we jump into the topic, let me check if I can see people has tuned in. Let me tell you hello, as I promised. So we have our friend, Panda Sarika. Great to see you, uh, Panda, and greeting for all India. Thank you so much. We have our friend Peter from Ireland. I hope uh, that everything is well at your end. I know it's very cold right now, or maybe hot. I'm not sure. If it's uh, you, you are from Dublin, Peter, right? 
Thank you. I'll be waiting for your comment. Our friend uh, Mustafa from Egypt. Great to see uh, my friend and my brother. Thank you so much. We have our friend uh, Moshi from Nigeria. Hope you are from Lagos. Huh? Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much. Our friend Dala Hosni from Egypt. Great to see you as usual. Hala. Thank you so much. Our friend also Basma Ali. Hello from Egypt. Thank you for tuning in, Basma. Uh, we have Lina El Said from Egypt. Thank you, Lina, for tuning in. Our lovely friend and sister, three, tuning in from uh, Lubbock, Texas. Great to see you. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I don't know there is some technical problem <laughs> on LinkedIn user. Hello, Ahmad. Great. So I, I will catch you after the, the streaming itself. We have our friend Bashar. We have too many people uh, today engagement. So we have Bashar Amish from Saudi Arabia. Great to see you, brother. Also, we have Saifuddin from Abu Dhabi. Great to see you, another. So I, I will I'll try to come back after into uh, uh, the, the your, uh, uh, your comment and your country and say greetings. But before we start our episode today, let me tell you something that most executives think that they are running business. Their core focus may be uh, on how to achieve the financial objectives of the company. And there is nothing to be ashamed of from that from that approach. Definitely, any business should be profitable. But the game now is on the way you run the business. Most CEOs, and I don't want to generalize this, or the executives, they focus on the business. They don't focus on how to humanize the business, how to empathize with their people. You are not dealing with business. You are dealing with people, and those people are running your business. The most successful CEOs and executives are those who are not looking for people uh, as overheads inside their P&L and how much they cost their company, but looking at them as a human being who, are, who have capabilities, who are creative, who are innovative, who can unlock all potentials in the top line and bottom line sales of the company. Because people can give you all what they have and they unlock their potentials if they feel that they are listened, heard, and understood from their leadership. Luckily, today we have one of the most authentic leaders who will unleash all those potential energy inside the organization by humanizing the business. Our guest today, he has more than 32 years of experience in the business and especially the B2B industry. He has very inspirational story and he will take us through his inspirational story. He is a great storyteller. He is a business humanizer. He helps CEOs and managers of business to business to transform their marketing strategies by creating emotional connectivity with their products and their people. I believe that he doesn't breathe air, but rather he breathes uh, empathy. So can I ask you, may I ask you to welcome with me uh, our guest today and our hero today. But before we go into our hero, let's do this. <laughs> Mr. Joy Abdullah, <laughs> great to have you today and nice to have you. It's a pleasure to have you today. 
Brother, I am honored to be on Unleash. It's a privilege to be on your show. Thank you for that beautiful, heart-touching introduction. And I'm delighted to see the turnout with so many known community people over here. I, I, while you were calling out some of them, I don't even know if I have the time to be able to type out. So thank you so much. It's a delight. It's a pleasure. And just to add on to what you said about business, without generalizing, every business has to be profitable. The purpose of a business is to be profitable for its stakeholders. But profit, we commonly understand profit as money. But profit, there's a profit of the heart, there's a profit of the soul. And that's where I play. I play to help a company's team understand how to make their stakeholders feel good. Yeah. Keywords. I'll leave it there. I'll explain it as we go forward. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. So, salam alaikum and hello to oh, everybody on the show. It, it's a pleasure from Malaysia. having you. It's I can't say, yeah, I can't say goodness yet, but it is <laughs> just a little after midnight. I'm on Saturday morning at my end. So good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and good night for everyone who's on the show. Thank you. Welcome again, Joy, to the show. Let me tell you that your name is an evidence in your character and the impact that you leave on, on peoples around you. So uh, I'm so keen, and I believe also our audience, they are very keen to know your inspirational story and your journey. So can you please take us through your quick tour about your inspiring story and what what are the reasons that what you're doing today, what were the reasons for that? Quick tour, that was the key word. So I'm <laughs> gonna try and make this quick because it's very hard to sum up 35 years, but let's, let's try it. Here's uh, audience watching, please feel free to just put in a message if I'm going too far. So what happens is this. By professional qualifications, I started out to be, I was an MBA finance, I still am. My career objective while doing my MBA was, I wanted to be a Forex and an MA financial expert. I got recruited on campus into marketing and into advertising. And the next time I blinked, 20 years had passed, I had scaled the corporate heights. Chapter one. Chapter two. <laughs> At the end of that period, about 16 odd years, I had a couple of personal instances, which is not, you know, it'll take up the entire show if I get into it. But needless to say, they were reflective, life stopping moments that made me ask that multi billion dollar question that sometimes some of us ask. Who am I? What am I doing? What's my purpose? And well, I continued my professional journey as a marketing professional till 32 years, as Ahmed just mentioned. And when I came out, which was in 2018, I was taking stock of what have I learned from being a junior executive intern. When I my yeah. Uh, is it? the challenge from my network or okay i think if it's the challenge from joy let me i will come back to our audience till joy comes back and if we please if you can drop an, a comment is it my network or joy okay i think that it's a joy so let me come back to our audience till joy comes he came back okay <laughs> sorry i was no no I, I, no 
I was talking, but then I saw you freeze and it dropped off. No, I, no. I hope my uh, connection's okay. Yeah, at this great. time, it's peak time at my end. So yeah, um, the learning I had was, was a bit of an epiphany, which was all my life, I've marketed brands, I've grown brands, created profits, helped brands engaged. But then I realized that the, the, the learning was everything had to do with people. I used to handle teams. I've grown teams. I used to work with various co colleagues, clients. Business does not operate if there is nobody. So you can have technology and you can have AI write your content. For example, I'm just digressing slightly. But what happens when AI writes a content is that and you read that content, you will miss the passion. You will miss the flavor of emotions in that content. The content will come out in like two or three minutes. I mean, I work in that area where I create, I take content which punch together by a machine learning software, but it's so very different from a writer writing it. And it's exactly that learning that I had, which was people are what makes a business. Yeah. Now, I worked with lots of companies who said people are our single most biggest asset. And in fact, I'm not going to name the company. One company transferred me as a very senior level from Malaysia to Hong Kong as part of performance reward. And I was at that point, six, seven years into Malaysia. I've now been settled here for 21 years. And there was no reason for me to leave. I had come to Malaysia and this part of my personal story, which is to be a practicing Muslim, right? I needed to be there. And there was a reason why I, I moved to Malaysia. It was by God's grace, job and everything, but that was secondary. It was more a personal requirement. So when I went to talk to my CEO and I went to talk to my HR and found out that, is this how you reward a person who's doing very well, that in place of giving additional load or performance requirements within the same organization, because I want to stay here, you're shunting me to another place, to another market to build the business out there. Mm -hmm. But that means, you know, I'm a commodity and I can be mm -hmm. sold and bought anywhere that you guys are deciding and my say has nothing in it. And you can call me headstrong, you can call me emotional, you can call me whatever you want to call me. My, decision was, my decision was literally like four hours. It happened around midday. I went out and took an extended lunch break for a couple of hours. I sat down, I thought about it. I came back and at 4.30 in the evening, I handed in my resignation, which was mm -hmm. torn up by my CEO and said, take an appointment. He took my resignation, he tore it up and said, go to my secretary and take an appointment. And I looked at him and I said, name, if you're tearing up my resignation and you can't give me five minutes right now, what's my value? This is not priority. Yeah. You're asking me to take. So that gives me the answer that I want to know. So thank you. You can tear it up. A copy has gone to HR. I'm out of the gate in 60 days. End of story. Um, come back. It taught me in 2018, it taught me that start businesses need to start valuing people. If you don't start valuing people, you don't have a strategic advantage. Technology, you can copy. Product specs, you can copy. Logistics, process efficiency, you can copy. Cash flow management, you can be better. But the only strategic difference is people, ideation, creativity. This cannot be copied because every business, even within the same industry vertical, you have 10 businesses.
with 10 different types of talent, skills, and emotions involved. Each business can build and take it forward. So from there, I went out to do a couple of ventures, which you know I learned the hard way. It's not what you know. It's not how expert you are and what you've been doing in your corporate life. When you're doing business and you're consulting and you're an advisor, you relearn a lot of things. I relearned. I arrived at last year, partly out of the learning, where a lot of B2B organizations were reaching out the mid-level from the, mm. uh, the, the national level below the multinational and, and the large groups were reaching out to say, we are not getting engagement with our current clients. Mm -hmm. It's everything that we are doing. Our people are going, they're not getting app appointments. People are not talking to us. We are getting worried because, you know, contract renewals are coming up. And these are, these are million dollar deals. I mean, the cheapest of them would be about 2.3, two and a half million US dollars that you're talking about. Uh, software, supply chain, healthcare, legal, accounting, you name it. And I realized that there's a market here from a, from a business perspective where mm -hmm. you can bring your marketing to talk and connect with people at a people level. And that's where my emotional connectivity comes in. I had enough gunpowder to create a framework. So I created a framework. I went to town. I started talking to people. And I'll tell you, I work with collaborative partners. So I'm not an agency. I'm not a big consulting house or even a large boutique house to have dozens of clients. I like to work with a handful of clients, literally five, mm -hmm. six. Reason for that is because we are personally involved and personally there leading it. And that's what I started in October. And I'm single-mindedly focused. So anybody who wants to connect or is following me or is looking at my content will see I speak about three things. I speak about what is of interest to a person, irrespective of the fact whether the person is your client or your prospect, is your bank manager, doesn't matter. Whichever way you classify, every human being has a list of priorities here of what matters to me. And that list is changing every hour by stress and anxiety to what needs to be done right now mm -hmm. because we are taking myriads of decisions. So when you take that little bit out, and you look at your brand, i.e. your marketing and your communication and say, how can my brand help this person give him some or her some service that will add value, that will solve this person's thing? I coined it down to saying, can I make the stakeholder feel good? And this is where I'm going to sum it up to say, humanizing business is helping B2B businesses make their stakeholders feel good using their marketing. So marketing is a tool. Marketing is what you use to make your stakeholders. And by stakeholders, I mean not just your customers or your vendors or your partners. Every and anybody that the business and the organization is interacting with. Employees, employees' families, vendors, their families, partners, families, community clients you form a whole village that whole village you need to cater and make them feel good not together it doesn't happen you can't cook the biryani all together you got to cook parts of it the rice separately and the <laughs> separately and all and then you punch it together but that's where the buyer's journey come in so this is what i learned i love it because i believe 
going forward, as we see technology taking more and more automation, taking up more of the mundane jobs, the edge and the strategic advantage would be the value a human being brings to another human being. And that value summed up in two words. If I can touch somebody and give them a spot of joy, that's my personal brand mission because yeah. my name is Joy. It's Joy uh, Abdullah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I want to live to my personal brand of saying, interact with me and you'll have zero or one. Zero is, okay, Joy talks too much. I'm not sure I understand everything. Thank you. One is, wow, I love interacting with him. He leaves me feeling bubbly. I'll use that word, simplistically mm -hmm. put. Mm -hmm. I've taken that same thing. I've put it into my business of humanizing business to say, make the people your brand interacts with feel good. The more you do that, you create likability. The more mm -hmm. you create likability, people want, when you like something, you gravitate towards it. It becomes magnetic. You remember top of mind. Seven months later, when the contract comes up for a renewal, you'll be the first person. The account manager will be the first person being called by the current client to say, X, please pop over. Here's the date. I need to sit down and discuss new terms and I need to upgrade. A prospect is going to call in to say, I've heard and I've read great stuff about you. I like the way you guys work. Can you come and see me? And growth happens. You're growing from your retention. You're growing from your acquisition. Acquisitions, yes. Balance it out. Simple. Just balance it out. Mm -hmm. Don't look at the numbers and make decisions. So if you're going to look at a sales target for a 90 days and you break it down to your daily sales target and tell your salespeople, you got to make seven calls. They'll make seven calls. But that's the tonality of... Yeah. Exactly. What is the effect of it? What's the impact of it? Yeah. So that's, in a summary, that's it. That's what yeah. I learned over my journey. And uh, expertise, technicalities, they are a given. You must have it. Like any product must be very good to, mm. for the customer to buy into it. But there's an expectation we as people, as human beings, as customers have that needs to be fulfilled. And this is where understanding the mindset, understanding what emotions are playing for your customer group your prospect really helps. Yeah, it's very inspiring story, Joey. Uh, yeah, I can relate for each word that you have said inside the corporate life. And I'm just coming back into the, the same point that most CEOs are running a business. And I love what you said. It's, it's all about humanizing. Can you imagine with me that a CEO on a human level that he's talking to the lower level of people and connect with them emotionally? And I want you to imagine with me that people or a business that has like 1,000 plus people. Can yep. you imagine with me that if I connect emotionally, if I'm a CEO and I can connect emotionally and I don't have any barriers, I connect with my people on a lower level and on a higher level, the, you have an assets of 1,000 mind. You have an assets of 1,000 minds. If you connect with them, this is the, the magic. If you connect with them, you will unlock many potentials that literally can change the game of your business and take it to another Absolutely. level and other steps. And that's why I say that most CEOs, they focus mainly on how to achieve financial. It's not nothing bad about that. But Correct. the way that you are running the business, the way you are listening, the way that you are giving rooms for your people to think and give their opinion and they feel that they are connected and someone is hearing for them, is hearing them, listen to them. The, at this moment, you will take 
your game or inside the corporation to the next level. And you don't need to understand financial. You don't need to ha- to dig deep into that level because people, they will take it to the, the next level. That's why connecting with people and humanizing the business is very essential. Uh, I think that, Joe, you can hear me? Till Joe comes again, I uh, will come back to our audience. We have uh, Alexandrov uh, from Romania. Great to see you and thank you for tuning in. I'm just asking you guys, please, if if you feel, if you have any question in your mind, please feel free to come and ask us at, at any point and we will jump into your question and to answer it by our uh, uh, great guest today, Mr. Joy. So we have uh, Panda Sarika. Assalamu alaikum, alaikum salam, Panda. Thank you for being here today. Again, I'm not sure, and I don't mean it that there is a LinkedIn user here, but there is some technicality issues. Uh, hello, Ahmed. I hope my name is appearing today. <laughs> it's not appearing. So I think that we need to set, to solve this technical challenge. I will try to solve it next time. Thank you. Uh, we have our friend Akram Masoud from Jordan. Great to see you, uh, my friend. Thank you so much. Dr. Uh, Sabrina, morning, it's 1 a.m. Thank you for your time and your valuable time for tuning in, doctor. Thank you so much. And thank you for the great uh, content that you're doing on LinkedIn. Thank you so much. LinkedIn user again, hello from India. Great to see you. Uh, our friend, as I was expecting, Doplin. Yes, Peter. Thank you so much. <laughs> Weather changes frequently. Great to see you, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, our uh, Mr. Uh, Joey came back, so we just warm up again to our with our audience. So we I'm have... so sorry about that. No, not at all, not at all. We have two technology engagement. <laughs> I know. We no have... technology. I, I don't know what. But at this time <laughs> of the night, it should be absolutely smooth sailing, but it's hanging a little bit at my end. Not at all. There is no problem at all. Uh, Joey, I think let's let's. Uh, I believe that you have covered uh, the humanized side of the marketing side. Uh, I would take it to another step a little bit. Maybe you will go dig deep into the marketing side. So I have one of the questions. And I keep asking the people that they are watching us right now, please feel free to ask whatever question. I will jump into your question so we can unlock all the potential from the experience of Joy Abdullah today. So what's in my mind, the, the question in my mind, what differentiate a good marketeer uh, with a phenomenal marketeer based on your experience in the B2B? Because I know B2B, it's not an easy marketing. You know, if yeah. it's B2C, it will be more easy. But B2B, when you have the route to market totally different, to manage all the stakeholders, the partnership inside the, the route to market, it's not easy. So yeah. what differentiate the, the, a good marketeer and a phenomenal one? Your ability, very shortly put, the ability to build relationships and not false lip service relationships. These are relationships that are very solid, authentic, and credible. And this is where an element that we in marketing call personal branding comes into play. So I've come across a lot of ABM heads, account-based manager management heads in B2B, who whose identity is the designation, whose identity is their president, their vice president, their general manager of that group of client accounts. But when you remove that designation away from them, who are you? What do you stand for? (laughs) What is your thought leadership? Zero. So Mm. the difference 
when you ask from see first and foremost let me clarify great and phenomenal are superlatives that we use right when you want to go into marketing the biggest thing you should ask yourself is that do i actually have the flair for it let me clarify what i mean by flair you might not be able to guess this because i'm on camera but i'm actually an introvert a hardcore <laughs> introvert who is extremely happy to be by oneself read learn and write now at the same time i thrive with crowd i thrive with people because nothing gives me better pleasure than to see somebody picking up and executing and learning mm -hmm. on the job and that's the difference between a great and phenomenal i would say you need to be able to understand the person you are interacting with as to what is this person's need so when you are handling you know a distribution channel and you are handling clients to whom the goods have to go or the services have to go right the two animals are very different two animals are very different yeah you got to understand all of this comes back most of the great marketers i use the word great mm -hmm. okay they've actually invested in self development they've actually invested in understanding themselves and their mm -hmm. thought process and their minds in order to pick up one skill which i'm starting to see mm -hmm. is becoming more and more important as we go into this extended pandemic and the way we operate listening yeah not hearing when you meet with a counterpart <laughs> right yes there's two things we do i'm listening to you and i'm replying but what's happening in that version is i'm actually in my own head preparing for yeah. a response without taking in what is ahmed actually saying, saying so that yeah. i should <laughs> you are yeah. not articulating Very that as you that's Very part relatable. one <laughs> part two is part two is i don't have a solution that can you know i can sell right now but i know something that can possibly help him or i know the source where this person can be given help and the evaluation is if i give him that source i might not get the sale right now because top of mind is that solution not my sale yeah. so let me not do it and this is the difference between great and non which is they listen they understand they point to that source and reference and this is bringing it back i'm sorry but a lot of times i'll bring it back to the work which is serve use your brand use your marketing to serve your stakeholders what they need because you're yeah. creating familiarity and likability and yeah. in that what they need comes an area in marketing called content strategy and social media and organic marketing where you choose the niche that benefits your brand to build up your thought leadership so 6 mm -hmm. months to 9 months later the industry and the non industry whoever will refer to your blog and white papers and research done on that topic because you're the industry expert and within your industry expert you have a group of people not just one person not five people depending on the size of the organization you can have 10 or 15 people by function who are an expert on that chain the link in that chain and when they when they come together you form a chain that is unbreakable but your client is so gratified i want to work with oracle i'm just yeah. using one as an example mm. why the software is available 
why do i want to go to somebody who's going to charge me x times more it's because of the team that comes behind when i have an issue peace of mind so uh-huh. that's the difference uh-huh. of a great marketer non great uh-huh. which is listen and serve yeah honestly i was expecting that you will tell me that they have to look in or into their planogram they have to build the rapport with their consumer consumer survey which is something that the, the norm that we are listening that to be a phenomenal marketer but you have covered it from a different angle that honestly i believe that i i i i didn't see it from that point and also i believe also our uh, audience they see it from another another perspective which is also you related to being a human being yourself I, how to develop it which is something see, it's a different angle in b2b what happens is when you're when you're pitching out when you're prospecting right mm. at the same time you've got clients so your clients are seeing what is the communication and how you're prospecting because one day they were prospects who became clients mm-hmm. it's a given like i said that your product and your service deliverable levels yeah. have to have a certain standard so i'm not even covering that because as a marketer if you don't have that part of your house already in order you better get it in order you better get your you know quality benchmarks and whatever you need to get so that the buyer is looking at, see the buyers are not devoid of facts and logic but what happens is if you keep con- constantly feeding them facts and logic you're going to bore them to death and it's going to become a blind side yes. this i i've done a i've done a whole talk on this it's on my youtube called mind shift in b2b the pandemic has actually changed whether what has happened in b2c to use a classification about 20 years ago is happening in b2b now which is it's not about the designation it's not about a label to a label i.e. a company to a company mm-hmm. it's actually about ahmed to joy yeah the yeah. procurement head talking to the other procurement head to say hey look this is what's good joy you know if you take it why don't we catch up and talk something and i'm like yeah ahmed makes a lot of sense he's a, he's a very good negotiator he does some very good deals actually i could pick his brain on my procurement best practices <laughs> Now see that I'm not I'm not even going to sell. I'm actually going to serve my function. I'm just using it as an example, yeah. and I'm coming to you because I know you from whatever the communication or whatever you reached out to me to take help for me to do my job better. Mm-hmm. In my in our audience and otherwise, I haven't found anybody. And somebody can write it over here. If you are employed or you're running a business, you will never say. there is no way i can do this better or there is no way i don't want to know how to do this better so but if you approach it from that perspective first and you ensure you have your planograms and qualities and store you know when we had store displays now it's all virtual so get it in place that you don't talk about that that's an expected quality parameter what do you talk about is what does the individual need now let me add a caveat i know i'm taking up a little bit of air time the caveat here in b2b is see the decision making groups will vary depending on the size of the company between 6 to about 15 people and larger the company you'll have committees and evaluation processes and tenders and everything you m- might tell me that joy i can't talk to everybody mm-hmm. and i'll tell you you're wrong if you decide to talk to everybody through your account teams your sales teams you can talk because your sales knows every single decision maker on that committee 
Yeah. The question is, how do you reach them? So there are very many different beautiful ways to reach them. And uh, you reach them in person, through email, through virtual chats. And today that is expanding. I'm doing it for a client of mine. I, mean, we share, I shared this example with you before that mm. seven months ago, started a bi-monthly, just, just a normal bi-monthly chat on Zoom mm -hmm. for people interested in that particular area of service. Mm -hmm. Today, it's gone down to once a week. It's gone up to, sorry, it's mm -hmm. gone up to once a week. And the gentleman has made a very sizable, the, the firm has made a very sizable amount of half-yearly earnings, not wanting to, you know, change their forecast. It works. Mm -hmm. It works. That's it. That's great. it. Great one. And I can relate also to something which, which you have mentioned before, that when you relate everything to yourself and take it individually and develop this kind of attitude, listening and building, I would say, influence. And I can relate to these things because uh, why now brands, they connect with a good influencers. And can you imagine with me if I have a new brand and... Uh, an influencer, let's let's say The Rock is is going and give yeah. like ad about that. Who is The Rock? He's human. He's he's Correct. also human, and he Correct. he works too much and developing himself to an extent that people are connected and they trust him to an extent that they can buy anything, anyone. Absolutely. That's why it's 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 being being yourself and how to be humanized, how you develop yourself, and how you can use this into influencing other department in the right way. That's why we're using it. Yeah, yeah. Spot on. Thank you uh, so I mean, much. There's a sorry to interrupt. There's no, no, a, I think Bashar Bashar yeah, Ramesh has a beautiful question. I'd like to take a sure. Take a, sure. Uh, I I will jump into that the, the question right now. So our friend uh, Bashar he's asking. Thank you for the great topic today. My question is: If you are the CEO and you decide to expand your business to another country as franchise, how are you going to maintain the value in relation to the employee from another culture and improve uh, improve the relationship with the expanded company brand can you add this uh it, it, it the franchise agreement uh Basha, first of all thank you brilliant question it's an operational question and i'll try and break this down and answer it sorry if i'm answering it back to front but i'll take your second part can you add it to the franchisee agreement and then do it uh Yes, you can add it to the franchisee agreement as an addendum, which says refer to the brand identity contract and give the responsibility to your marketing because the CEO won't have the time or the executive office won't have the time to look at its implementation and following. Now, so that's the second part. The first part is going to be critical to identify from your core values. Let's say you have four or five core values of the organization. It's very important to identify one or two, not more than that, that marries with the country you're expanding to, the culture you're expanding to. And let me pull back a little bit. Globally, we have certain common values that are articulated using different words. So let's say integrity, honesty, you know, just to give, uh, give an example. If you identify those one or two values, your marketing can then create the entire brand identity of how the culture, the brand culture should be based on that. Uh, I'm getting into a totally di different area, but it's called defining purpose, 
the franchisee business's purpose. What are you? The franchisee is in business to make money. Done. Forget about it. But what is the bigger purpose? What benefit would that business provide to the community the franchisee organization is going to serve? And that benefit, align it with the core values that you have identified. And from there, draw down what is the behavioral ethics required within the organization of the franchisee. That means what kind of employee attitude, what kind of personality, what kind of behavior. And this runs from the country CEO all the way down to your you know, intern. And that then falls into look and feel, which means the design guideline of the brand, the brand's tonality. Does the brand talk as hello? Or the brand says, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Mr. Joy. There's a difference between good afternoon, Mr. Joy, it's very formal, versus good afternoon, Joy, that's informal yet professional. So mm -hmm. that's the best way, Brother Bashar, I would suggest to approach. It takes the headache off and monitoring becomes very easy because then you can see if the brand is you know, uh, performing according to those guidelines. You, there are marketing methodologies and audits that can be done. Simply put, yeah, I hope that helps. It's 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 to the point. Uh, I believe, uh, Joy may may just if if I can add something here also Please. on that point. Uh, in in such cases, it's totally different than merging and acquisitions. Is totally different franchising. Franchising, it's it will be the same brand, and you're giving it to some somebody in the country to franchise your brand and take advantage financial uh, advantage. But it's owned Correct. by your uh, your brand, wherever you have it. But again, I believe some maybe sometimes uh, the decisions that it, it's been taken from the owners of the brands, uh, it, it could be devastating for the brand if they're looking purely to achieving some financials uh, from perspective. Because if they don't do their due diligence on the, the, right. the people that they're, they, they want to take their brand, maybe they, they have a good offer uh, when, when it comes to franchising and percentage and financial objectives from that point. But when it comes to taking a decision purely on financial objectives, and regardless all what you have mentioned is it's the core value, okay. this could affect the full brand totally. If I'm talking Absolutely. about regional brand, global brand, it could take Absolutely. it to another place and have some challenges in the reputation of the brand. It will distract all the brand equity itself. So due diligence... It's not looking into uh, one perspective from financial Correct. objective. It, it it's it's the right way from that that, that point. Just absolutely, that. absolutely. I mean, it's a given. You have to do that due diligence. Otherwise, you can ruin your brand. It's a huge yeah. risk without totally. that coverage. Totally, absolutely okay. agree. Let's let's jump. I'll be waiting. If anybody will ask any question, we'll jump into it. But I have many questions with Joy. Go ahead, go ahead, so, bro. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. it's long, long way. So. Uh, let me ask you, what is the common mistake in the business-to-business -business marketing nowadays? I won't, I won't use the word mistake, but I would say I'll use the word lack. All right. What's no. B2B lacking? My area, which is Southeast Asia that I work with, one of the two things that I see missing, is, uh, two, two things that I see happening is this. One is that companies are jumping into investing on technology which are passing fads, okay? Mm -hmm. But what, what's happening is when they're investing, they're investing on the technology's usage based on today. They're not forecasting or projecting 
how would the customers and partners and vent, how would yeah. the ecosystem be yeah. using that technology three years down the line? Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. Uh, let's say investing in machine learning, yeah. all right? Depending on the type of business you are, investing in machine learning is really worthwhile because you can create a repository in a couple of years, even shorter, for your clients who can simply just come into that section on your website and you can create a small $50 subscription-based model to say, put in a search string, have a bot that suggests what you need to do and they pull out articles or you know uh, files, whatever is required. Mm -hmm. And many companies, many research areas would do it. But you're taking three years before when you're doing this, you're taking a conscious decision to invest in a specific type of machine learning programming. Yeah. With the programming, you're also investing in getting IP, which means the content on that to be hosted with you. Plus you're getting into hosting cloud and doing all the stuff that is right. Because you're looking at Two years down the line, I want this to start contributing $600 per user from me per annum. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm going at a very micro basis over here. That's number one, which is I, I still find a knee-jerk reaction in terms of investing a lot of money and then getting burnt out in 10 months, 9 months, not realizing that it will be seen. And, and I see this happening a lot on the web, social, mobile kind of on the marketing side. You know, so I try and pull my clients back to say, hang on, hang on, let's walk this through. Mobile is very important. The world is on mobile. We've got a whole, uh, though there's, there's a segment of the world not on mobile, but let's do mobile before we jump onto browser because everybody is using mobile for everything. So again, a simple example, development of an app. You can develop an app for like, I don't know, $50, $100, and you can develop an app that's going to cost you a bomb, $50,000 dollars to recover and put it into app store or whatever but what is the ultimate objective look at your own phone and i ask mm -hmm. the audience this look at your own phone the chances are you're going to have about 25 to 35 apps but out of that every day you're probably using five maybe eight really mm -hmm. using every minute throughout the 18 hours of the day mm -hmm. to come from that perspective of usage how can I increase this usage? Then work backwards. And that's the first part, which is the technology bit. The second one is B2B. Acutely lacks self-belief where branding is concerned. They just, <laughs> they, they, they run away. It, it's like denial. They just, the answer always is, no, but brand, we can't measure branding. And mm. when I go back and I say, here's how you measure branding. You do branding for 10 months, we do brand audit every two months to understand awareness, likability, familiarity, engagement, engagement converting to inquiries, going to sales as leads. Mm -hmm. These are my five pointers. And they say, okay, then no, but how does branding? I said, because the first three months, you've got to let branding run, let familiarity go. Every piece of communication has to come out seven times. So invest in branding. I'm not asking you to increase your budget. I'm just asking you to relay the ratios in place of spending yeah. 65 on your product specs and sales promotions and all of that. Can you bring 55 to branding and put 45 on your promotion and mm -hmm. support it? Let the branding run. And this is the second thing that I see 
lacking. I, I'm not going to use the word mistake because every business CEO and challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But these two, uh, brother, I see acutely in my side and I'm, well, that's what I'm working on to say, focus <laughs> on the branding, focus on the people, take your that's employees brilliant. and create brand stories. And I digress. But basically, if you create personal brand stories of employees, you add credibility and authenticity. Mm. Bring out your brand stories of what the brand and how it's serving yeah. the people. You add that additional, oh, this is good. They're doing this. And then support it with the product specs. The yeah. quality guarantee, the financial value guarantee comes into play. Yeah. That's it. That that would uh, be my... Uh, I, I like how you put it in. If you allow me also, I will add something from really experience from the B2B that I, I believe if, if we go brand managers or the category managers, or the marketing directors or the executive at the executive levels, I see the common challenge that uh, from the real experience that they manage P&L rather than managing the business. Right. They want to see the best P&L as just the targets and they, they are maneuvering just put all the effort to find these numbers, regardless of what will happen in the business. And I see also a lack of understanding the route to market. They don't understand what's happening in that. What if I push these promotions? What will be the retail stocks and how it will affect the retail stocks? Right. That will affect their buying behaviors and it will affect me also the coming horizons. And I see also from, from that the marketing should be looking into the longer term not the shorter yes. term. And yes. they should look into a strategical promotions, sometimes tactical promotions. But what I see that they're looking into the operational promotions that it's running day to day, day to day, but they're not looking into the long term and they don't look into how they can find a real way to, to, to serve their customers, their needs, what are they? And one of the mistakes also that I, I don't want to say mistakes. I like what you say. One of the, the challenges, challenges. That, challenges, the challenges yeah. that they, they, they face, that they move the wheel, you know? Yes. They are in the, yes. the red race. Where is yes, the, the innovation? How we will find the innovation? And I see that you are following the competition when you have the innovative companies and the innovative marketeers that they are always innovating for the consumer Other side. and they maybe they will create some segments inside the market that it, it was not existed before these are the innovative people but Correct. just following the competition because he has some segmentation new segment in the market so we can attack this is not a marketing this is just it's following. Not. It's not. I mean, yeah. when you segment the market, that's not marketing because there's two two points here. I'll add, uh, brother. Just allow me to add these two. Sure. First is when you look at a market in a homogeneous form, and then you start slicing and dicing and segmenting it. You are basically just making paperwork to explain to your bosses or your board or wherever to say market potential. You're not. You're not. It's like taking a slice of the cake and then cutting it up in different ways and saying there's more cake. It's not you're actually reducing the overall market share that you can get. So that's number one. Innovate is you've got, when everybody, if you're following competition, you're stressed, you're anxious, you're <laughs> devoid of creative thinking and you just lose out. You're having FOMO, yeah. fear of missing out. So you follow. When you follow, you're going to get scraps. You're never going yeah. to get the whole rice bowl or whatever. Now, when you innovate, yes, you're taking a big risk. But here's yeah, a big failure. difference in that big risk. It's new. Reward. 
Now, yeah. if you know that that new serves and connects with your customer, your target market, right? Mm -hmm. The returns are huge, which is why we have disruption, which is why, you know, Airbnbs, Ubers and all that has come around the world, so to speak. Innovations. It is. It is innovations. Yeah. yeah. The second thing is, is a classic age old. I mean, way past our time also for the 80, 90 years. You'll find a lot of companies and I find this in mid, mid, mid size companies a lot because it's again driven by that PNL, headcount, cost. Sales and marketing is together. The same person attitudinally and skill set wise is being asked to do sales and marketing. Now you're either a fantastic salesperson. That means you can build relationships and you can sell ice cream to the Eskimos. Yeah. Pardon me for saying that <laughs> or in the old fashioned way, or you're a very good marketeer who understands how to create value the way your customer or your stakeholder wants. These are two very different skill sets yeah. altogether. They work as right hand and left hand of a human body. They don't, it's not two right hands. This change, this shift, until unless people get to understand and they actually put the investment behind the right, because I've worked with great salespeople. It's helped me as a marketer to learn more about the customer, about the client account and go forward. This is the two that I'd really like to add. Thank you, Joy. We'll jump into uh, the questions, if you allow us. Yes, please. Yeah. Please, please. We have our friend Tausif Hassan. He's asking, how do you make employee as powerful brand of their companies? I think it's a very nice question. Great question. Yeah. Brother Tausif, first of all, thank you for being on the, on the live at the moment. And a great question. Simple answer. It needs leadership blessings. This is a cultural issue. They, employees need to be empowered top down. So it's the senior management from CEO who passes the empowerment down to supervisors at a departmental level to say, speak, be the spokesperson, choose your people who then talk. So you don't have the CEO always speaking as the face of the organization, but you have the CFO talking on finance. You have the CTO talking on the technological background. There are different people who are all talking and people below them. You have the vice president, senior vice president, general manager, whatever. But how do you make it a powerful brand? A, time, B, empowerment, C, strategically plan what you want each employee to focus on because mm. their personal brand has to become that thought leadership. So mm. some people might be inclined towards, let's say you have a very good HR L&D person who mm. runs the internal training. So let that person get the empowerment to talk about individual development. Yeah get to conferences where they are conference speakers are paid by the company. You pay the conference to let him speak or her speak and expose that person, do videos for that person, yeah. get them the media help to have a YouTube channel or do what brother Ahmed is doing, run a live, you know, on that topic connected to L and D under the company's name. Now, 100%. once you made this a personal brand, this is a common question. A lot of CEOs say, what if this person leaves me after five years of investment? Great. Imagine <laughs> what happens if this person is unengaged for five years. That's my first point. Second yeah. point is yeah. when they leave, I can assure you the credibility of that development of that personal brand stays with the company that you've developed with. They will always remember X started at Y. No, 
do you associate pixar with steve jobs or is it always apple mm-hmm. though steve jobs left apple was removed and he went to pixar he learned a lot of things and he brought it back to apple the association of steve jobs is always with apple yeah bill gates is permanently with microsoft just to give you a couple of example richard branson is always with the brand virgin virgin, virgin yes so you see whether you move out or not you're going to do it what is yeah. elon musk tesla spacex which brand yeah he's a brand by himself elon musk is the bigger exactly. brand than spacex or tesla and there's numbers yeah. to prove that uh, over there so it has to be top down when you have the intent you give the empowerment there's no reason why a good marketing team cannot create 5 6 8 strong employee bands i mean you work you, you work with unilever unilever managers globally and what i mean by managers are you know country managers and senior level exactly. are moved around everywhere they are the face of unilever how exactly. often do you see the global ceos sort of thing coming out on social it's not it's actually the respective country head who's talking about it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that's the best example i can give you of employee empowerment yeah. to be a powerful brand that's it it's very relatable again joy uh, if i can add to this if uh, just something on that that point because i like how you put it on also that your personal brand firstly and anything should be under you not the not the right. opposite because right. again if you're talking about a company that uh, you want your company to invest in your uh, employee brand uh, how they they can be powerful firstly start by yourself and trust Absolutely. me i'm not talking also about company i'm talking about investors I'm talking about people i'm talking about opportunities right. i'm talking about Startups. many things will come into your way so don't be captivated to be under a name of any company or any service or any product be the brand put everything your products under you your services under you the company even under you because i'll tell you from experience i saw from a, a real experience especially on linkedin and some social medias i saw many executives and global ceos they were in in some of multinational companies yep. and that during their period inside the company when they post something on site inside linkedin or the social media they had thousands of of engagement and likes yep. Yep. and i swear once they were out of their company Boom. zero engagement can yeah. you imagine the zero engagement so why i asked myself this question because all of the time they their brand were under the company And I don't say that there is nothing bad about that but I'm saying this because I want people to wake up. Your your company your company should be under you not above you. It's not it's not something right. bad about that. Right. Your brand will will bring everything for you. So imagine imagine with me that that situation build your brand because you never know what happens with uncertainty that we have. Maybe you will move here, you will move there. Once you build all of that, it will vanish. So why people where people will will think about you your brand is it because Correct. of your company or is it because of you what are you doing you your, absolutely yeah. you build your personal brand you create a thought leadership in a particular area for your company but under your name so exactly attracts you're an employee you're not going to do an old fashioned 33 year career in the same company you know that you're going to do 
like me, you're going to do seven years, maybe move out somewhere else. You're going to do six years, you're going to move out. Yeah. You don't, you know, you're attracting another company, might be a competitive company and you're going to lay off for six months and join them. But somebody would want you for that value that you do have in this your name yes. that you have personally. Exactly. 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 Th- that's, it's not, it's not easy, but it's, trust me, everyone who's listening to us right now and watching us, it's worth it. Yes, it Absolutely. takes time, it takes effort, but it will bring for you all the opportunities. It will unlock all the opportunities and all the, the chances that you could have. It's magic. Seriously, Absolutely. it's magic. Absolutely. Every one of us has great values, but what are you doing with these values and how can you serve more people, how you can give it give it away? This is the game. This is the game. Spot yeah. on. Spot yeah. on. Thank you. Uh, one question came into my mind because I saw it in your profile, something that Absolutely. attracted my my mind uh, in that point. So I see that you put triple M strategy, oh, uh, the yeah. framework on in B2B. So can you take us quickly through about through the, this triple M? I, I'm so curious, what is triple M? <laughs> okay, it's triple M. There are three M's. I did not use the acronym 3M because I'm going to be slammed with a <laughs> legal brand suit so very badly and I'll never be able to pay. So I call it triple yeah. M. Um, it's meaning, makeup, message. Those are the three M's. It's a framework, a strategy framework, which I just posted, uh, I think yesterday or a couple of days ago earlier on LinkedIn. There's a document which people can uh, check up and download. It stands, meaning is your business purpose and your core values. Identify that. Mm-hmm. Profit is not the answer. PNL is not the answer. Two things I always say. One, move your perspective from numbers to people. Now, when you move that perspective, which part of people do you want to know? Know their heart. Their, whenever we yeah. talk about our emotions, we point to our heart. When we say we are sad, we clutch our heart. When we give greetings, we put our hand on our heart. This is where our physical heart is. This is where our gestures go. So when you move your perspective from numbers to people, focus on their heart. Their heart is their emotion. Now, to cater to that emotion, there has to be something a little bit more than the commercial part of business. There has Mm -hmm. to be a growth, a value addition to the individual and to the individual's designation and to that company, right? That's the purpose. Find purpose, to use an English word, altruistic. Higher order, if people are familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of need, you're at the top end. How am I benefiting society, community, so to speak, through what my brand, my business does? Mm-hmm. Purpose and value. When you identify that, you actually come down like a mission statement and a set of values that forms your culture. Now, culture is actually behavior, it's how we behave every day. Now, many of us, we would behave very differently at work and very differently at home and with friends. Doing this for 20, 25 years leaves us psychotic. Sometimes we lose who we are ourselves. Bring that culture to be a standard behavior. Again, back to people. Identify attitude fit and personality fit. And there's enough psychometric analysis to help yeah. you in your retention. So that's, that's the first leg, which is meaning. Take that meaning. Take that purpose and your core values and then make up. Make up literally as it stands is understand your audience, your stakeholders, customer, prospect, finance, investors, board, understand all of them, employees, 
what there are three levels here each of them have what is that emotional functional and financial value mm -hmm. that business mm -hmm. purpose and the core values can deliver to each of these when you identify each of these groups now i'm segmenting the whole community mm -hmm. each segment will have a delivery of that purpose and one of the three emotional financial and functional value so like a customer will have a functional emotional and financial but the priority will be very different i would yeah. advise a priority would be emotional functional financial don't play on price it doesn't help mm -hmm. anybody you become a commodity okay that's the second level i'm making it simple but let me tell you it is hard work it takes uh, it yeah. takes about nine sessions on each oh. to go through it's 333 3, 3 before you come to a landing on a white board and you start seeing the picture forming the last level the top of the pyramid is message as it stands what's your messaging so your mm. messaging is not what you want to say picture in your yeah. head Value you got to take that picture mm. and give it into brother ahmed's head exactly so that he understand which then brings a couple of things in communication is this person a kinesthetic person or is it an auditory learner how do you do that in a mass level very hard possible mm. but very hard so what do you do is you take technology which we have on social media you use data analytics for social listening and you understand this groups of people what are their content themes or topics mm -hmm. so to bring it down very simplistically as human beings we have three buckets that really catch our attention health wealth and relationships these are the three buckets mm -hmm. globally as human beings irrespective of language and everything that we will go in between so depending on our age or whatever so if you are 25 you're not really bothered about your health but you're really bothered about wealth so all the quick rich schemes and the scam schemes mm -hmm. and don't work hard really get your attention but if you are 45 you're looking health becomes a bit of a priority wealth is like okay i'd like I've to make it. another million but you know priority changes so yeah. i always use that as a lead in but you can get this data and you find out what is of interest and then you take that interest take the values the emotional functional values that you've identified and you start aligning with each consumer uh, each stakeholder group when you've aligned it you have a chart which tells you what do you need to talk to who do you want to talk and how do you want to talk and i'm using this as a semantics talk means organic content on social media email marketing or newsletter whatever format you choose the channel is different but put that and you drive it down all of it comes back to one central point website and then you mm -hmm. get into what do you want to populate your website right. yeah. do you want to have you know ai on it do you want to have seo sem and all of that those are logistics they come into enhancing your process better but that's triple m uh, meaning make up uh, message that's what i do it's a strategic framework that helps a business do strategic planning and drive it into marketing because wow my clients i tell them your business is marketing your business is not your expertise so when your business is marketing it's your job to know your community inside yes. out it's yeah. like exactly. it's like you know your wife it's like you know your children like your mother knows you your father knows you as close as possible and it's a never ending job every day because why we change in our behavior every day we have something 
different our behavior changes and you would there's lots of examples you'll find somebody you know who's very calm very level headed suddenly flare off the top of his head or top of her head mm. maybe in traffic maybe just bumping into somebody on the way out of work or out of the apartment uh, building and you're asking hey that's very unlike this person why did they flare up mm. so there's a trigger behind that led to that yeah. behavior that trigger is an emotion so i ask my clients your business is marketing understand your community pick your community and prioritize map it into your action plans goals what do you want to achieve not just in 90 days but in 30 days in 15 days and work methodically but please give it time don't come to me or come to a good marketer and ask them to work magic we are not magicians we really aren't we are scientific balanced people today with technology after 30 years i can tell you life of a marketer is actually much easier if they focus on looking at the forest not at the trees always keep your eyes on the big picture strategic overview helicopter view when you need parachute down see your terrain identify and ready you need a tank or would a bazooka do sorry to use army metaphor that's it and that's my triple m that's what it helps a company do i work with them for four months and run it groom the teams and then i back away and i work as an advisor if required so that i reduce the cost because the 16 weeks 4 months is cost intensive and the companies i work with sometimes i want to ensure that they are profitable i work 10 hours a month 12 hours a month as yeah. the case be that's triple m that's it i think that we have to have another session because you open my curiosity for the triple m because <laughs> because really it, it it's very interesting topic and it will help many people on that I think Happy. that we have reached to uh, the end of our ep- episode but before we close our episode uh, joy may I ask you what is the best channel and uh, if if anybody from our audience just watch this episode uh, if he wants to connect with you what will be the proper channel uh, and what what can you help our people what are the services that you are helping them with absolutely channel that's where i live that's where i stay approach me send me a dm i'm always approachable follow connect whichever linkedin so come to linkedin send me a message we'll catch up number 1 number 2 strategic marketing which operates on three levels i create employee engagement through which i develop employee personal brands which go out and do marketing for you through social media marketing which i manage for you and then your uh, brand identity and your brand management these are my things on linkedin on my profile my services are clearly given you can click on that link and see the drop down there is a whole list of six or seven which i also don't remember but in a nutshell it's marketing strategy making business making your business to be marketing and then helping you to connect and identify who's your right target audience how can your employees be your brand ambassadors and alhamdulillah by god's grace i've had clients who've had customers becoming their brand ambassadors even mm-hmm. after the contract has ended so that's what i do Thank and i work <laughs> i work across this asia so east of the suez canal all the way till japan <laughs> i i pleasure. can't take on uh, the other <laughs> side at the moment pleasure having you today joy the amount of values that i don't want to close honestly the episode that's why i'm thinking let's let's have another episode especially on the triple m how can you yeah. you help our people in that i would like to thank you for your valuable insights 
and your 32 years of experience that was summarized today in a very natural uh, points. Uh, hopefully that we can have very soon uh, episode all together again uh, to drive more more and more values from your experience. I would like to thank you again for your time and uh, I really appreciated that it's now I think one o'clock at you. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's 10 minutes past one o'clock yeah. at my end. I just looked yeah. at the watch. Uh, so I would like to thank you and you being insisting to the, 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 the network uh, time that we have because of our audience. So really, we appreciate what you're doing today. Hopefully that we can connect uh, more and more and more in the coming period. And also we'd like to thank our audience who are engaged yes. today. Uh, just one note on a separate note. Please don't hesitate to come and ask Joy Abdullah about anything that it's in your mind. I'm telling you, he will help you with thousand percent of his power. He will help you and he will be able to direct you to the right direction. Thank you again, Joy. Hopefully that we can meet again in the near future. Oh, absolutely. Inshallah, we will. Anytime, just call me. It's been a privilege, Brother Ahmed. And thank you for having me. And thanks to the audience that's, you know, joined us for this <laughs> long you. episode. It's It's been a really long one. Thank you so much. Thank it's you. been a thank pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Great night, I would say. <laughs> yeah, have a great night, in fact.